to Steppin' on the Beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Wednesday, July 15th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, ready to toss around the old football on the sand, Tass Mellis. While we're tossing it around, first, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg. Get healthy, Ruth. Fight it off like you always do. And well, 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 look who escaped from the yurt. It's the bearded <laughs> one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Hey, hey yo! Whoa. Nice to have you back, buddy. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <clears throat> and last but not least, making the magic happen here, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Keep your questions coming. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksinc, or use that hashtag, nodunks. Trey, it's great to see you. It looks like you got a nice tan going on there, and killer Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm in Pod City, the basement right now in uh, Lake Holiday, Illinois. Been outside a lot for the past uh, five or six days, no doubt about it. How was uh, the yurt experience? I know we saw a little bit of video. Uh, you gave us the uh, Mo Verney-like uh, hotel room <laughs> tour in that yurt, but how'd the sleeping go? Yeah, pretty quick tour in the old yurt. It's just beds and fans in there. We walked in, it was like, you know, the middle of the day, probably 2 o'clock. It was like 110 degrees, it felt like. Where I was instantly regretting my decision. How are we going to sleep in here? But then... Night falls, and it's beautiful in the yurt. Slept easy, you know, because my kids didn't, so Laura had to go hop in the bed with them. I had a nice (laughs) giant bed all to myself. You know, hopped up on the top bunk a little bit, trying to throw it back to the summer camp days. It was a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah, that yurt was uh, way bigger than I thought it was going to be. I I get it was like like a campground type thing, so it makes sense that you got to put a lot of kids in there or counselors or whatever. But, you know, I had it in in my mind, like, just, like, much smaller. The thing was huge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the first yurt I ever stayed in, in my previous yurt experience, <laughs> it was meant to sleep two or three. So yeah. that was what I was expecting as well. But I don't know. I can't imagine having 20 boys in there, you know, in the middle of summer. Whoa, that's a fart yurt, if you ask me. <laughs> it's such a great word, yet. I never get sick <laughs> yeah. of hearing it. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun to say. You're not wrong. All right, guys. Uh, check out the, uh, before we get into the questions, I want you to check out the new podcast feed on The Athletic. It's called The Athletic NBA Show. We had Big Waz on yesterday's No Dunks Pod. He, of course, is on Hoops Adjacent with Hall of Famer David Aldridge. That's a part of the athletic NBA show. And uh, he was great. He was a fun guest. He not only gave us the 411 on all the shows within that podcast feed, but we had a bunch of fun questions for him. Uh, Some serious ones, some silly ones about the bubble, and he was killing it. So make sure you go check out that podcast with Big Waz. Posted it on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, Lee popping packs with Neek. So you can now go and watch that on our Instagram account at NoDunkSync. How'd that one go? Uh, pretty good, yeah. Neek was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he was just chilling out in Atlanta, sweltering like I was, and uh, yep. we popped the pack, got some n- nice cards in there. Had a nice little uh, off-the-court card with Neek as well, which you might want to check out. Uh, oh, nice I knew keys. he was a member of the All-NBA team and an All-Star, but he was also a member of another All-NBA team. Go and check it out. Okay, interesting little tease right there, <laughs> and we'll uh, very likely post that as a podcast later in the week, maybe on the weekend, popping packs with Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins. And finally here, um, in case you haven't figured it out by yet, we're on YouTube again, guys. JD, it is officially a streak. How many days in a row now have we been on YouTube? It's like four or five now. Feels like a hundred, but yeah, we're back, baby. We're back. It's official, I guess. Yes, it is official. So congratulations on... uh, you know, this is a Joe DiMaggio like streak you got going here with Pop and Pat, or I mean, uh, with uh, getting the show up on YouTube. So it's fantastic. So go check that out and subscribe. Smash that subscribe. Smash the like button. Even if you're not even watching us, help us out, guys. Um, though I know some of you 
diehards are listening to the podcast and then go and watch the uh, podcast uh, on YouTube. Respect. Respect. And respect for everybody sending in questions. Let's get into them, Tass. First one. Miska, Muska, No Donks Crew. There has been some talk leading up to the restart about players being able to sit courtside to watch other teams play. I have visions of Pat Bev trash talking the competition while wearing the same white t-shirt he's worn all month. Yeah, he's got them stacked in his room if you've seen his videos, those white tees. But I'm looking forward to some players doing things to get their NBA peers pumped. Who do you predict will be your favorite player's favorite player? I'm going with some not-so-obvious choices of CJ McCollum as someone who will cross up a big on a switch and get some ooze, and Tim Hardaway Jr. catching fire from three. Flip down, hit you guys. Terrible. That's nice. Uh, Matt from Portland. So who are other NBA players going to be excited to watch in person? Yeah, tough question uh, (laughs) to get us started here. Uh, I love the Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, suggestion though you guys know I got Timmy Hardaway going for 50 in the bubble <laughs> it's still alive why not he could catch fire um I'll go with a weird one Tass maybe just because it's in the news recently he's got a great name looks like he's gonna have more of a prominent role on what should be a good team give me Shake Milton mm. give me Shake maybe impressing some of the other NBA players who maybe don't know a lot about his game but being again on a good team looks like he's gonna get the uh, starting point guard spot Simmons moving to more of a forward position there. If the Sixers play well and Shake Milton balls out like he was, you know, before the hiatus when he was really filling in for Ben Simmons at the point guard position, you know, I could see some, uh, oh, who is this guy? Oh, the Sixers looking really good. Got a real point guard here. You know, I don't know. I just, this is a tough question, but I could see Mm. it going there maybe where he would get some love on social media accounts from some of the other NBA players. It's a good one. And the Sixers teammates, it feels inevitable, like when he pulls off a nice move, like they're all gonna do a little shake. The, yeah, the shake right. Milton. Like if player players in the stands as well, you can't help it. Like the Sixers are a, an exuberant bunch. I'm sure they'll be doing the shake, shake. And Joel Embiid, he sounds pretty pumped to yeah. be playing with a guard who can let it rip. Like he wants a JJ Redick back, like he had last season, and I think he's gonna be pumped. It's weird to hear Ben Simmons say. I'm going to be setting picks for a guy, and I'm going to be playing the pick and roll or the pick and pop. Pick and pop? Ben Simmons? Uh, it's strange to hear him say that, but, yeah, I can't wait to see that work out. Yeah. What do you guys got? I, uh, I think we've already seen a little bit of a return of one of the greatest bromances in history with Toby and Bobby back in the bubble together. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, this one, obviously, Bobby, uh, he plays a little bit more sort of garbage time minutes, but I think every basket he's going to get, you know, Toby's going to be on the side cheering him on. Everyone's going to be cheering on Bobby. Everyone loves him. <laughs> Uh, and I, th- I actually think, you know, talk about Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid will also embrace the Bobby. I think he would love to see him out there because uh, he's just such a fun guy, Boban. He's already having a great time dancing and, and living it up in the bubble. So I think he's got, I, d- I don't think anyone could possibly dislike him. And I think he's going to have the biggest cheer squad down there. <laughs> Trey? Another guy who's in the news uh, a little bit lately, I think Jamal Crawford. You know, he's a guy that NBA players who have always loved to watch. He had been out of the league this season, and now he's making a return. Uh, He's just got a highlight-ready game. Uh, You know, players, I'm sure, will be excited to see Jamal Crawford back in the NBA. And then if he, you know, crosses somebody up, goes behind his back, gets another Jamal Crawford-like highlight, people will be going crazy. This is what we were talking about. This is why you needed to have Jamal Crawford back. Not to mention, he said he never practiced his dribbling uh, in his entire life. It just came out naturally. So I'm guessing a year off isn't going to be a problem. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I got a, a bunch of uh, 
a bunch of ones because it's hard to come up with an answer for that. You're right. Jamal Crawford, yeah. great one. So I came up with a bunch of little ones to add up to think it was good enough. You know what I mean? When you don't yeah. have a good answer on beach stepping, you just get a bunch of little ones and think that it's good enough. Uh, ben Simmons, I think he's going to be cheered on by Orlando's Michael Carter-Williams. Because Michael Carter Williams is going to look at that guy and say, I don't want to shoot threes like him. I want to be as good as him. So he's going to come cheer on Ben Simmons. Ben okay. Simmons is his idol. I think Miami's Jimmy Butler is going to cheer on Indiana's TJ Warren sarcastically because <laughs> oh, they hate yeah. each other. Yeah. Uh, does, that beef still, does that beef carry over to the bubble, you think? Oh, yeah. I would think so. The way yeah. Jimmy Butler was despised that guy. And they didn't get their March 20th game that they were supposed to get the rematch yeah, right um so oh god yeah i don't jimmy doesn't like him uh Giannis will be at lakers games to cheer on brother costa for sure mm-hmm. and uh costa might play with uh, the injuries that are happening there and speaking of brothers i think robin lopez of the milwaukee bucks might go up into the stands while his brother brooke is playing on the same team <laughs> because robin's just that kind of guy and be like i didn't know the rules uh, i'm just gonna go up there and cheer him on why not those are good. Uh, back to like you were talking about maybe the Sixers pulling out the Shake Shake for Shake Milton. I like that. I was thinking in thinking of this this uh, answer to this question, will we see some of the activities that the players have been doing in the bubble over the last week or so turned into celebrations? Mm. So like, will there be like a, a shotgunning beer celebration? Will there be a fi- <laughs> like? Will there be a fishing celebration? You know, like pretend, holding up your catch. Could be a ping pong sort of celebration, right? Like, th- there's some possibilities there. Yeah. They can get creative with some of these activities they're doing. I think. Yeah, you get a cornhole in there. Cornhole, right? Free right? spot. Throw it. Throw it, it up. Throw it up. I, th- I hope they do. I hope they do. All right. Next one here. What up? No dunks. My friends and I just had a very heated discussion about Miami Heat team with Wade, Bosch, and Braun. We were arguing about whether this team was a disappointment or not. There was a lot of hype surrounding this team. Heck, LeBron himself predicted they would win up to eight titles. But as we know, they only won two titles, and the second one was saved by a lucky Ray Allen three. So two questions. One, was this Heat squad, the Wade, Bosch, Braun Heat, a disappointment? And are there any other NBA teams that failed to live up to their hype? Thanks for all the amazing content. Keep up the great work. That's from Tyler in Connecticut. Tass, why don't you get us started? There are two questions there. Which one do you want to tackle first? Are they a disappointment when looking back? I say no chance. They won two championships in four years, plus two other finals appearances. That's not a disappointment. No, no, no. LeBron won two of his championships there. Right. Uh, and and I don't start going the lucky route with the lucky Ray Allen three because I mean you just it, that's a slippery slope, my man. You're not going to win. It wasn't Birdman who hit the three from the yeah. corner. It's like the, one of the greatest, greatest three point shooters yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. And something he practiced. That doesn't matter. Anyway, go earlier in the series. Tony Parker hit a luckier shot to win game one when he sort of stumbled, kept his mm. dribble, fell down, and hit that game winner. When we all, I remember us talking about that after it. We were like, this could go down as an incredible game winner in NBA Finals. Now everybody forgets it because of the right. Ray shot. But it's a slippery slope, man. Everybody gets, quote unquote, lucky. That's not even lucky. Why do I even, why did I bring that word up again? Uh, the amount of time that they stayed together, you can be disappointed by that. I do think that's shocking that they only stayed four times or stayed for four years, I should say, uh, after, you know, the the whole grand introduction where they one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So whoever's arguing with you, Tyler, that it was a disappointment. Come on, man. Um, but I the think, second. 
Go ahead. I think Tyler is actually from Boston. I think he's a Beantown boy. I think we've heard from him before, so that's why he's playing it down. Now, look, I think it depends on what your expectations were. You know, four trips to the finals is two championships enough. Of course, I think it is. But I think if you were to look at that Mavericks uh, loss in 2011, I think that's the one that sort of things went wrong because they were up 2-1 in that series and LeBron had a very, very bad game. I think it was game four. uh, And the the Mavs came back. and digits, right? Yeah, he had eight points in that game. So I think if you look at it in the hole, you could say, you know, they sort of let, left one on the table, certainly there to Dallas. and But that one that they lost to San Antonio, the Spurs were, were virtually unbeatable uh, in that finals. They were just a completely different unit. So mm-hmm. I think um, I think overall, fan, you know, two, two champions, any franchise would take two out of four if they could get there that many times. But, uh, you know, again, I think you, there is a case to be made there that they blew it against the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Trey, what do you think? Are the Heat, the Heatles, as we call them, a disappointment? Definitely not. Uh, You know, the two championships is great, but I think it just goes to show you how hard it is to win a lot of championships, especially in a row. You could look at the Heat and say they've got three of the best players in the league. They should win the championship every year, but that just isn't how it happens. You know, they Mm -hmm. also strung together a 27-game winning streak. That kind of goes unremembered as since it's a regular season thing, but that was a major moment in the league it's similar to uh kevin durant and steph curry on the warriors you know they get together you assume they're going to win every championship uh but they had two seasons where they didn't even win 60 games it's just hard to keep players healthy when they're playing 100 games during a season it's hard to keep everybody motivated it's hard to keep everybody on the same page and we've seen that time and time again you know the lakers fell apart in the early 2000s because they eventually had beef the same uh you know lebron eventually wanted to go back to cleveland katie steph and the warriors eventually split up it's just hard to string together a whole bunch of titles together yeah we've been talking about this or not talking about it maybe ourselves but i've been listening to a lot of podcasts talk about this team over the last couple of weeks maybe you guys have as well because it was the 10-year anniversary of, of lebron's decision going down there and there was a lot of retrospective columns and podcasts again talking about it chris bosh i know talking about it, he's even started his own sort of thing uh substack thing the last chip i believe it's called um i think the only reason they get into trouble here as a disappointment is because of the not the decision from lebron which obviously just got ridiculed like crazy at the time and even to this day going on tv and saying peace out cleveland but it is that celebration rally where they say they're going to win six, seven, eight titles. So you say that, and then you come up, obviously, drastically short of that. Well, maybe that is a disappointment. Like you were saying, Tass, they only even stick together for four years, for crying out loud. They don't even have even a chance to even get to six, seven, or eight. So if you just remove that completely, if that never happened, then hands down, they're like obviously a, you know one of the better teams of all time, maybe even with the talent they had, going back-to-back, super difficult to do, and going to four straight finals you know maybe just as difficult to do but they do that so you got to knock them a little bit that's that's i think where this argument probably between tyler and his friends is coming up they said this and they didn't even come close to it okay they, but yeah. still obviously a great team <laughs> they brought it upon themselves no right. doubt they no did. doubt with that open i think uh in 20 years when we look back at that that grand opening when they they came together that rally i think everyone's gonna gonna say you know what lebron said they were gonna win 25 championships it's just gonna get big that number's bigger gonna get and bigger. bigger and bigger and bigger because it was not five not six not seven already it's up to eight uh it's all, it's not gonna stop lebron said he was gonna win one every year Wait, what, what did what did he actually stop at eight seven. was it? oh seven uh, yeah i think at. it was seven yeah. oh okay yeah you're right yeah. it's already going up it's ticking up <laughs> yeah. you're right okay yeah Still. it's uh, yeah, but it's crazy to think like two of his three championships 
we're in those four years, and it's a disappointment. Like most of his championships were in that run, and we're <laughs> he's almost the best player of all time. But it's right. a disappointment. It's kind of weird. All right, next one. Hey, ND, with the NBA about to restart in the Disney bubble, and with your recent Disney Squad episode, I was wondering who you think had a great Wookie season. Let me explain. A Wookie season is a season where a rookie is just an absolute beast. In my mind, he's maybe not that offensively gifted, but defensively, he's likely underrated. Thanks. Force choke, dark side, Vader's eyes. That's from Kyle. Hmm. Lee, uh, why don't you get us started? What? Yeah. Well, hold on. Before Lee answers, JD, what is he talking about here? Why is a Wookiee <laughs> maybe not offensively gifted, but is great defensively? Because they're tall. They're really, really tall, I guess. And they can just okay. hang out at the hoop and block people, I guess. Uh- Okay. <laughs> so I mean, I think I think a Wookiee would make a great shooter, but uh, so he's, he's, I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. So, Lee, with that said, who's uh, who do you got on your all Wookiee team? Well, I'm going with a guy who I think had his best season for his career as a rookie. It's a Mecca Okafor back in 2004-2005. I mean, he won Rookie of the Year when Dwight was the first pick in the draft, and it was considered maybe a Mecca's going to turn out better than Dwight Howard. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't work out that way, but he had like 15 and 10. 10 or 15 and 11 I should say with two blocks a game and, and was just a beast and I thought man this guy is really good you knew he didn't have a, uh, a very finished or polished offensive game but you just thought athletically he was so big and strong he would just be catching oops for the rest of his career and then blocking shots on the other end and uh, it's, it's funny when you look at his stats they pretty much came down he had his rebounds sort of stayed consistent there for a few years, but his points just dropped every single season. And uh, and of course, you know he did come back a couple of times, or he made a couple of attempts to get back. But uh, really, kind of a disappointing career when you consider that first season and just how impactful he was. Anyone else? Wookie. Matisse Thybul is having one of those seasons sure. right now. You know, he came into the league and he's instantly one of the best guys on the ball and off the ball those crazy long arms you have him out there with Ben Simmons and it looks like kind of two of the same guy who are able to do the same sort of things defensively flying all over the court protecting the rim getting in passing lanes he's been impressive another 76er way back when Nerlens Noel was the only player in the league to finish top 10 in blocks and steals and he did it as a rookie but unfortunately now we just know him for inventing the pocket dog basically (laughs) (laughs) Tess anyone to add and, and Nerlens Noel once had a hoop in his living room, like he put it up against the wall that was not ten feet for some <laughs> weird reason. It was like a full hoop. It was like nine six. He should be famous for that. Um, I, 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 Matisse Thybul is a great one because he, he's he's fresh off the brain because he's doing great work down in the bubble. See his videos. That guy is editing his own videos down there. He's They're vlogging. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, he's turning out to be a better shooter than people expect. So I don't know if he's straight Wookiee category, but um, I think I think like a guy like like struggles offensively but is doing good defensively is Jarrett Culver of the Wolves going deep here and Jackson Hayes probably of, of the uh, the Pelicans, the big guy and maybe that's Wookiee type hair. I mean, he lets it fly big yeah. time. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what a Wookiee hair is. I'm just I making mean, things up now. Well, yeah. I mean, I get, I get Wookiee rhymes with rookie, hence the question. Yeah. But a Wookiee <laughs> to it. me, JD, again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert here with Star Wars, but like, I think Wookiee, you're right, I, I think of probably a tall guy, a big guy, but I also yeah. think of like a, a sidekick, a co-pilot, right? Mm, absolutely. I think of someone that's lovable, has got a big heart. Well, I mean... The most famous Wookiee we know, Chewbacca, is definitely a sidekick, but yeah. there are 
thousands, millions of Wookiees out there. There's got to be some later leaders in the bunch, right? I mean, right, right, right. We're not right, talking true. specifically about Chewbacca. Do we know other Wookiees in the Star Wars canon? I mean, uh, you know, I don't personally. <laughs> wow. wow. So if you don't, well, so I, you know, I'm I'm our resident nerd, but I'm not that much of a nerd. Let's be honest. I mean, I got blasted last time I talked Star Wars uh, because I referred to Luke as the chosen one. Well, he's not the chosen one, apparently. Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. So. Right. I'm going to get lots of people pointing out famous Wookiees who are leaders. Yep. So, yeah, don't worry. You're not going to get it. I'm going to get it. I got <laughs> I'm sorry, dragged man. into I'm sorry this. to bring that upon you. <laughs> JD, I feel like Chewbacca was even, he was like wicked with the crossbow, wasn't he? Absolutely. That's what I mean. He's Said an awesome shooter. He a good shooter. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, to explain this one, why does JaVale McGee have one of his nicknames listed as Big Daddy Wookiee? Oh, oh. Mm. didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either. No, nah, I don't think many people do, but Basketball Reference has, you know, he's got the, the standard Pierre, yep. something else in there, the, the Big Secret, what Big Daddy Wookiee, and The Great Adventure. Uh, mm. Just came out of nowhere, Big Daddy mm. Wookiee. Mm. Mm. All right, well, I'm sure a listener right now screaming at their podcast <laughs> while they're walking their dog. <laughs> what about episode five of Clone Wars season six, man? <laughs> Let us know. Oh, JD's turning on the we Star know. Wars fans. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw, I did see him getting that blowback for his, uh, <laughs> for his initial Star Wars uh, comment there about whatever, Anakin, who'd you say? What was uh, it? Yeah, Anakin's a chosen one, but right, you know, right. not to me. Luke Skywalker, he's the chosen one. He brought balance to the force, come on. You know what, JD? You're the chosen one. Thank you. To me and us here on this podcast. All right, next one here. Hey, Dunk Boys, I'm the biggest Survivor fan I know. Listen to this. I've watched every season multiple times. Wow. But I always kept, this is amazing, I always kept Survivor Pearl Islands unwatched because the idea of having no new Survivor in the back pocket for a rainy day felt like such a bummer. This guy watched every single season of Survivor multiple times, but somehow decided, you know what, I'm not going to watch them all because I need to have one just in case, you know, break in case of emergency. Well, COVID, to continue the email, is the ultimate rainy day, and I finally watched it. And to my surprise, Johnny Fairplay is not the bumbling idiot joke of a player that Survivor history seems to paint him as. He's strategically, and against all odds, socially adept, and he came within a weirdo Lil's last vote from making the finals and potentially winning. Anyway, this made me think about NBA comparisons that fit this fair play situation. What present day player do you think will be historically misremembered for whatever reason? Learn lots, rub your thighs, sausage. That's from Jack Coffee. Now again, Lee, before we go to you for your answer to the actual NBA question, maybe we'll go to JD or Trey, whatever one of you. <laughs> Johnny Fairplay, just for the uh, person listening to this, has no idea what the hell Jack Coffey is talking about. Um, who wants to explain very quickly who Johnny Fairplay is in the Survivor canon of things? Uh, he's the biggest heel in Survivor history, probably. Yeah, he, wow. He's famous for uh, what Propes calls the biggest lie in the history of Survivor, I think, where he had, during the loved one's visit, he had his friend come on and lie that his grandmother had passed away while Johnny was playing the game. So fake tears were had. The entire tribe was was devastated for him. And then you cut 
cut immediately to his confession. It's like, my grandmother is watching Jerry Springer in some, somewhere right right now. So uh, he lied about his grandmother dying to get a sympathy card, which is a despicable move. But it, as, as is pointed out, he made it to almost the end because yeah. of that. Uh, so, you know. He's uh he's a professional wrestler now I read. Yeah, and that was the thing like his, his bit was very like uh he was like um like a manager, like a heel wrestling manager really. Like yeah. he leaned into that right from the get-go. Um and he was pretty damn good uh television. He was uh, as much as you hated him as a villain, he was he was something else. Um, yeah, then he leaned into it even more, I feel yeah. like, after that Survivor season was over. Like J.D. saying, he's a professional wrestler now, and like every appearance he had, he was trying to be more and more despicable than he had even yeah. been on his Survivor season. So that's probably why people misremember him a little bit. And I might be misremembering things, but when I think back uh, to that moment where his, his buddy comes out and they're talking about it, what a ridiculous lie that this even worked, because he comes out, and Johnny Fairplay's like, how's Grandma? And his buddy just goes, she's dead, dude. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So sure. That's how you're breaking it to a family member. She's dead, dude. <laughs> he had practiced that line for weeks. He's like, all right, okay. She's dead, dude. No, she's dead, dude. She's trying it in the mirror. Dude, yeah, it's good she's point. dead. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's Johnny Fairplay. That's amazing, by the way. Survivor Pearl Island is one of the best Survivor seasons. I mean, that's where we get... Yeah. Uh, Rupert, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sandra. Uh, so there's there's some legends in that uh, that season, which was early on. But anyway, Lee, present day player, you think will be historically misremembered for whatever reason you got? Well, well I think it's, it has to be a polarizing player, someone who really does stoke the uh, emotions of everybody whenever they talk about him, and that's why I'm going with James Harden because James Harden's a great player, he's a Hall of Famer, he's an absolute lock for that. But I think with the uh, playoff um, without having a, a championship or even being to the finals, uh, I think people are going to sort of point at things and say, well, look, he was great in the regular season, but he could never deliver in the playoffs. You know, like he was a three-time runner-up MVP, a one-time MVP, but in the playoffs, things always went wrong for him. He couldn't play with superstars. He had an ugly way of, of drawing contact and shooting too many free throws. And I think that's going to detract away from the fact what he has achieved over these last seven, eight years there in Houston, he's been an incredibly consistent, reliable player for the Rockets, always had them in the playoffs, but he hasn't been able to sort of find that ultimate success. And I think this is what we talk about a lot of times with a player, that they need that championship almost to sort of like just kill off all that talk. Because it happened with Dirk Nowitzki, I think, a lot as well. You know, Dirk got that championship yeah. and he got that sort of, now you can't ever say Dirk, you know, choked in the playoffs when he was on when they lost to the We Believe Warriors. Like, all that stuff kind of gets forgotten because he eventually got there. And I think if James Harden doesn't eventually get there, that's sort of going to, I think, how he's going to be remembered. It's going to be a mix of like, uh, great player, but only in the regular season. Ugly way of scoring. You know, people just didn't. People either loved him or hated him. There's not that sort of in between, I think, with him. Well, this is the perfect answer because you just proved your own point. You misremember James Harden's career already. He made the finals, he was in the finals. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so there right. you go. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. yeah. I mean, obviously, okay, that's true. Yeah. He was there. Uh, he didn't have a good finals, but I no. think you. I think this is what I'm of... talking about when he's with the Thunder. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You, uh, you, you, you sort of, I'm talking pretty much his Rockets career is what he's going to be remembered for. People are going to try sure. to forget the, the Thunder stuff there. But, you know, I mean, and, and I am someone who, who finds him frustrating to watch, but I, I always try to 
respectfully show that he is incredible how he can go out there and get 40 or 50 points pretty much whenever he wants. It's just the way that he goes about it is uh, not always eye-catching. Okay. Tass, uh, anyone come to mind? Uh, yeah, I'm going to jump around. Um, I think Timofey Mozgov will be remembered as the guy dunked on by Blake. But also uh, for getting a monster contract during the cap spike 2016, mm-hmm. one of those. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of those guys, Jan right. Mahimi, but, but I think he'll be remembered for that. Um, Miami's Kelly Olenek will be remembered for yanking Kevin Love's shoulder out of his socket um, in the 2015 playoffs when LeBron couldn't win a championship because of Timothy Mozgov yanking his shoulder. And Kyrie got hurt, but uh, I killed him. Actually, Timothy Mozgov should thank uh, Kelly Olynyk for yanking Kevin Love's shoulder because then Timothy Mozgov went on to star in the finals. He was their right. second best player in those finals. He was putting like what do you average like twenty something in those in those finals in 2015, and then he got paid he had some the year big later. Games for sure. Yeah, 20? was he averaging twenty? I don't, I don't think he averaged twenty, but I think he hit twenty maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe had some big twice. games. Yeah, yep. they're just letting him roll. Um, and a uh, quick one, I think Ennis Cantor will be remembered for a guy as a guy who talked a lot. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but I like Ennis Cantor. He's fighting the good fight, but he he hasn't stopped talking for his entire <laughs> career. Trey, who you got? It's funny you mentioned uh, Timothy Mozgov because mine is Blake Griffin. Uh, he was like the best thing to watch in the league for his uh, his sort of rookie year. Remember, he missed his first yeah. year with uh, the kneecap problem, and then he was instantly twenty two and twelve, dunking on guys like Mozgov. It seemed like a highlight every night. I would even argue that. The Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era of the Clippers isn't possible with Blake Griffin going to the Clippers, right? He put him on the map. He made the team not a joke anymore. He made it a place that Chris Paul would actually accept a trade to play with the Clippers, and that turned the franchise around. They're not a joke for the first time in franchise history, and it's all because they won that lottery and got to draft Blake Griffin number one. Good answers. I'll go with, uh, you know, obviously present-day player, Rudy Gobert is going to be a fascinating guy to see how he'll be remembered. What will be the first thing people will bring up with Rudy Gobert 20 years from now? It might be COVID-related, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be despite having, obviously, Defensive Player of the Years. Who knows if he wins a title? Who knows All-Star selections, All-NBA, and all that. But that will probably be at the forefront of the first thing you're going to remember um, with Rudy. And yeah, and the other part was, like, before that, it was like, oh, yeah, was that that guy that was upset about not making the All-Star team and all that? Like, he has, like, these unfortunate sort of, like, dings on uh, his, like, career that people, like, go to immediately instead of, like, oh, my God, that guy was a game-changer defensively, especially on good teams. Um, but he's going to – he's just going to have that. And we've talked about it before. That's no knock on him. If anything, he probably started – he actually maybe saved lives for crying out loud for all we know of actually uh, – being patient zero, and I throw that in air quotes, and shutting down the league, and obviously people taking things a little more seriously with the virus. So Rudy Gobert is my answer. All right, next email. Hey, pulling up from three instead. I was lucky enough to find someone new during this pandemic. It was a strange experience early on in the relationship with all that's been going on in the country, social distancing, and the inability to go on traditional dates. That made us be creative about seeing each other, but we made it work. I'm happy and proud to say she's an amazing person, and for the sake of basketball talk, she's been a hell of a teammate thus far in my life. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that during this time, a couple of exes have reached out to me in hopes of rekindling old flames. Look at this guy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's out of boredom, or their new team isn't doing all that well. 
I love who I'm with, and I'm not about that double life. But it got me thinking. Which NBA player had a decent or memorable second run with a former team? Does sound like this guy is is thinking about rekindling. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, I was too broke to buy tickets when you guys came to Chicago, but an email read on beach stepping would make up for that. Well, here you go, Eddie. Love you guys. Keep up the great work, Eddie in Skokie, Illinois. Hmm. What do you got? Skokie. Where's Skokie, Trey? Are you near uh, Skokie right now? Uh, I'm not too near Skokie. No. It's north of Chicago, home of Abdul Nader, actually. Oh. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah. But I gotta give, I gotta take my hat off to Eddie. It sounds like the man is a Casanova when it comes to texting. <laughs> not only did he he get a partner during the pandemic, he's had people reaching out to him saying, "Can we partner up again?" The guy just must be fire with emojis. Yeah, that's a, but see, this is sometimes the issue with some people out there, men and women, right? Some people are like, they're money when it comes to just uh, communication through texting or, you know, any sort of like dating app or whatever, Instagram comments, like whatever, you know, and, they, and then maybe they don't have it in person, right? You got to be able to bring it in person at some point with these people. But look, yeah, he's knocking it out of the park when it comes to... Uh, Doing this type of communication. See, I assume he was FaceTiming big time. Oh, maybe. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. How are you doing? <laughs> FaceTiming was so hot in March and April, and then it sort of died down when people were like, okay, let's go back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Lee, what do you yeah. uh, you got an answer for this? Well, I'm going to take two names off the table because they kind of stand out, and that's LeBron going back to Cleveland, obviously, sure. he, he returned, and Steve Nash going back to Phoenix. He had a pretty good return there, picking up a couple. So I'm, I, I dug a little deeper for this question for a guy sort of later in his career, and I think it's Jason Kidd when he returned to the Dallas Mavericks because obviously that's the team he was drafted by, started out there, he played uh, two or three seasons there in Dallas, things didn't really work out. And then when he came back, he was certainly not the same player he was when he left, but he had changed his game. Remember, he was basically just shooting threes for the Mavericks, um, and he was a very important part of them winning the championship. So he actually came back and was more than just a sort of token, like, you know, this is the end of your career, come back to the team where it all started. He went on, came back, was a key part of a team that won the championship, and and then he moved on again. So um, I think he was one of the ones who had probably the most most sex successful return that wasn't someone like a LeBron or Nash who was still in their prime years. It's a good answer. Great yeah, answer. Family Kidd feud. Too. Good answer. Good answer. Throw it on the board. Throw it on the board. Jason Kidd. I like that. I had Sorry, Jason Kidd as well. I was surprised. I had definitely forgotten that he was an all-star again when he came mm. back uh, to the Mavericks the season before they won a championship. You know, he was uh, 10 points a game. No big deal. But nine assists, that's easy stuff for Jason Kidd. Just adding to the resume. Yeah. No. What about current day player then who could pull off a Jason Kidd? What about Dwight Howard with the Lakers? Oh. <laughs> I mean, he, like you forget that uh, that did not go well the first time Dwight yeah. was with the Lakers. I mean, he just got laughed out of the uh, franchise, basically, or out of the city. Now he's back. Somewhat of an instrumental part. has played really well, sort of rehabilitated his image to, so, to some extent. And if they went on to win a title, bubble oh, yeah. or not, and he was playing well and was involved, I think he'd be like similar to kid right obviously uh, being a hall of famer but just um having much more success in his second round with the same team mm-hmm. so that's my answer dwight howard um i i went the other route uh he also eddie also asked a memorable second run with a former team um i'll go with hito turgaloo going back to orlando after signing that monster deal with uh toronto after going to the finals with dwight howard 
Toronto said, oh, this is not good. Trade him to Phoenix. Phoenix, after half a season, said, this is not good. And Orlando said, well, you know, he was good for us. We'll take him back. And he was way worse, and he was making way more money than he was <laughs> when he took him to the finals uh, or played along with Dwight, uh, you know, was their sort of their point guard in the playoffs. So that was memorable in a very, very bad way. He'd have peaked, and then he valleyed pretty quick. Um, and Kevin Garnett, I... I it was a nice moment or nice times when he went back to Minnesota at right. the end of his career there for a couple of years and that super fan with the no shirt, whoever that guy was uh, in jiggly Minnesota. Boy. Jiggly boy, yeah. Yeah, jiggly. That was fun. I'll, uh, just because it'll be the second time he's been mentioned on this podcast, which is weird, Tim Hardaway Jr., for a lesser-known guy, um, going back to the Knicks, I mean, he got paid and actually had a pretty good year with them. Uh, when, when he went back in terms of scoring at least I mean that's really what he's going to give you but started a rookie with the Knicks you know, I think he made an all-rookie team was fine then goes to the Hawks and had a really bad year and then had a bounce back year and then again got signed by the Knicks eventually got traded and all that but he played well when he was there for a lowly Knicks team um, and you know that's when I started to fall in love with the idea that Tim Hardaway Jr. could go for 50 in one game and he flirted. He flirted oh, a couple times. A few times of that, yeah. Oh, there was a lot of tweets coming at me. Some first halves where Tim Hardaway had, you know, 28 or 30 or whatever. Um, yeah. He always would chill out as the game went on. But, uh, yeah, that's a little bounce back. Anyone else? Any other answers? All right, here, let me drop. Hold on. Let me jump in. Timothy Mozgov didn't average anywhere close to 20 points in the NBA Finals in 2015. But he had a 28-pointer, 17-pointer, 16-pointer, 17-pointer, and then... Uh, David Blatt decided one game, you know what, uh, this isn't working. Let's get him out of here. Let's get him out of here. So he didn't start, and he had a zero-point game. That killed. That, but he averaged about 14 in that finals. All right, we got lots more emails still to tackle here. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsor. Folks, smelling good is important. I know what you're thinking. Mr. Armpit Detox thinks smelling good is important? <laughs> well, thanks to Hawthorne, the answer is yes. I'm not even joking when I tell you that Hawthorne has changed the game for me. I have tried a ton of natural deodorants, but Hawthorne's is the first I've used that smells good and actually keeps me dry. When it comes to armpits, I'm a Hawthorne man. (laughs) But it's not just deodorant. I made a commitment to be less of a scumbag in June and July, and it's all thanks to Hawthorne. The entire suite of grooming products smells amazing. The colognes are money, the body wash is luxurious, and the conditioner actually has me taking care of my hair. My curls have never been more poppin'. Getting your Hawthorne on is easy. You just take a two-minute quiz, and they'll recommend everything you need to step your smells up. Then they'll ship you your goods with free shipping and free returns. It's simple and risk-free. So check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use our promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. Use promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Hawthorne products. Good enough for a yurt. <laughs> no? That's <laughs> a banger. It's a banger. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a draper. Yeah, I mean, yurt. You already got done talking about how much fun yurt is to say. If you can, if your products work in a stinky yurt, you have money. You've made it. All right, next one here. Boys, it was awesome to see Skeets and Trey tweeting about Formula One the other weekend. Like you guys, I've gotten into F1 recently, and I've been completely absorbed by not only the racing, but also the politics and drama surrounding the sport. 
it's kind of a reality TV show of 20 contestants mixed with a sport. Anyway, I've been so consumed that I lost pretty much all interest in the NBA apart from listening to your guys' podcast. Is there something you guys also fell out of love with despite being completely obsessed with at some point in your life? Did you regain your interest? Thanks for the pods. That's from Isuru. Isuru. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's a cool name. I-S-U-R-U. Isuru. Isuru. Um, yeah, F1. Trey, you're all into it. Um, but is uh, you got some answers for this guy? Yeah, back-to-back races at the same track. Pretty crazy way to start the season. We got another one coming up in Hungary. Tune in. It's been uh, an eventful start, that first race, though. Whew! What that a was good. Yeah, that was um, good. Race. But for me, something I've been obsessed with that I fell away from that I now really want to get back into, seeing all these bubble life videos of players fishing. <laughs> Every time I come back uh, to Illinois in the summer, we go fishing anyways. But this time I'm thinking I got to bring my poles and tackle boxes back home. I know there's places in Georgia to go fishing. It yep. was so much fun. I used to be so obsessed spending hours watching like the Bassmaster Classic on ESPN or a Banjo Minnow info. I'm reading Field and Stream magazine and the Inn Fisherman to learn the best crankbaits in the game. Uh, but then, you know, I didn't fish for like 20 years until I had kids. And I said, you guys got to learn how to pull a bass up out of this lake. So uh, I'm getting back into fishing. It's a, it's a great leisure activity. I mean, there's a lot of space in a yurt to, st- to keep your tackle. So if you're, if you're out of yurt, you better have a fishing pole. I, I said something similar to Big Waz yesterday. I said, between watching all of these videos of these guys in the bubble fishing and then watching seasons of the reality show alone where these people need to fish to survive i have not consumed this much fishing content since we found out about bill dance and his bloopers <laughs> i haven't like I, I just can't believe how much fishing content i'm uh, i'm into too i'm, I'm sort of uh, intrigued by it all so that's a that's a good one lee are you a fisherman you like uh, casting your reel uh, we did a little bit of fishing at an Alabama oh, right. a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, caught nothing, and it was the same lake that was just loaded, juiced up with fish, and we couldn't get anything. My uh, eight-year-old got a nibble, and he yanked too quickly. He pulled it in, and he didn't get it. And kids, you know, if you're going fishing with a kid, if you don't get a bite within 30 seconds, they're like, what the hell is this? This is boring as anything, you know. So <laughs> how we couldn't get it, the guy was really apologetic too. He's like, sorry, I mean, there's so many fish in there. I don't know how you can't get one. <laughs> what was your bait? What were you using? We were using – he had little hot dog um, – like little pieces of hot dog, he said. This oh, is man, they all a vegan that. fish. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the thing. He cast out a couple more times, Sebastian, and they just kept yeah, taking the bait and not coming in, and he was not happy, not oh. happy at all. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's funny you're talking about Formula One because uh, I used to really follow it back in the day when I lived in England because it's great in Europe. It's such a huge event in Europe. Yeah. In, in North America, it's still kind of picking up. And uh, I remember the 1999 season was um, Michael Schumacher I think it might have been his first season at uh, Ferrari and he was obviously their number one driver their favourite and you know they have blatant like you're our number one guy you're our number two and they don't want the number two guy taking over but the number two at Ferrari was Eddie Irvine and uh, and what happened was Michael Schumacher broke his leg halfway through the season and Eddie Irvine obviously came their number one driver and he lost the driver's championship to Mika Hakkinen by like two points but it was a really exciting race to the end there because the, the Ferrari obviously would have loved a win but it wasn't their guy winning so there was this weird sort of like Eddie's like I'm trying to win this thing and Ferrari's like it's not good if Schumacher doesn't win, even if he's broken his leg, you know, yeah, like, yeah, and he yeah. can't race. So um, there was the storyline of, like, Eddie going basically against Ferrari, even though Ferrari were kind of pulling for him because they had no one else, and he nearly did it in the end. But um, 
Well, that's I exactly think... what the, this email is all about. There is so much oh, like, weird yeah. politics and drama within this racing world, and like, oh yeah, they're also racing, you know, you know, cars. <laughs> and it, well, Schumacher is such a funny one too, because in his early days when he was at Benetton, he won it a couple of years in a row, and then I think it was '96 when he was trying to win, and in the last <laughs> race against guy Damon go. Hill, yeah, this guy he just, goes he every just rammed Damon Hill off the road to try, oh, yeah. or he tried to, um, and it didn't work, and, and it backfired on him. And then Schumacher's just like, no, nah, nah, I didn't do that. But you know, these drivers, they're incredibly skillful. So for a guy to be driving along, then just like ram into the other guy and then deny it was uh, hilarious. So right, right. yeah, it's. Uh, I want to get back into seeing you guys tweeting about it. it it's uh, it, it is fun. It, it's a really you've got to you've really got to invest in the whole season, though. I think you can't sort of just pick it up late. You got to you you got to sort of see the storylines and how it builds up throughout well, the year. I mean, I can't speak for Trey. I think he's similar to me. Like we really got hooked when we watched the actual reality show that they made surrounding the F1 season, Drive to Survive. It's on Netflix. There's two seasons right. now, right, Trey? I think up. Um, yeah, that's right. And it's like, I mean, you talk about drama. Like, it's obviously edited incredibly well, and they're giving you all the stories, the juicy, like, oh, this guy's battling this guy, this guy's beef with this guy, this guy's going to move <laughs> to this team and all that. But it's amazing. Highly, highly recommend Drive right. to Survive if you haven't watched it already is, on is Netflix. Is it a movie or a series? Did you no, it's a series. It's like a 10-part oh, right. series. Oh, okay. But you will be, I think you'll get hooked. Yeah. Well, see, the, we used to have a Grand Prix in Melbourne too. You right. Know, it, it, that was the first one of the season and it was yep. one of those in, in um, city tracks. So they had to block off streets like in the couple of weeks leading up to it and that, and that was beautifully flat. But you could tell when it was Grand Prix was nearby in Melbourne because everyone was in their cars just ripping around the streets. <laughs> like Everyone's just like... <laughs> everywhere they go. <laughs> and before they closed off those streets around the Albert Park Lake, cops used to get everyone just speeding by because the road was so perfectly smooth. And everyone's like, hey, I'm a Formula One driver. Right, right, right. <laughs> Got to be careful out there. What, what about you, Tess? Uh, wasn't Michael Schumacher the highest paid athlete in the world for a time? Like Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, he, when right. he moved to Ferrari, he probably was, yeah. Around like, I think it was like, it, back then it was a lot of money. It was like 25 or 30 a year or something like that. So yeah, like Lewis, Lewis correctly. Hamilton is at this point now challenging a lot of Schumacher's records, right? Yes, yeah, so I think that Hamilton's was, yeah. a six-time champ and yeah. Shuey was a seven-time champ. Shuey. Shuey. It's great to get some. some Shuey and Louie. Yeah. Uh, good to hear Mika hacking in again, yeah. hacking a loop over here. Mika Kipper softening a loop. Uh, I, I, I'll drop in here, sticking with sports. Uh, yeah. Baseball for me, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I just, I just ate it up. But I can't stand a labor dispute. So after the uh, 93 season, uh, Jays won back-to-back. I was a wee lad. I was enjoying I was That was my sport for sure. But then 94, it could we could have had a Blue Jays Expos World Series if there wow. wasn't a, a strike. And then I'd had enough, I think. Well, then the Raptors came to town, so things changed. But you, but you, you're holding on to your love of baseball because you're you're always good for like sharing a nice baseball tweet. I think you just shared one. You're like, uh, what's, what was what was that Jays game? That clip you shared was it like just a practice, basically. Yeah, I think like they're I was, doing a little uh, inner squad because nobody's yeah, in Toronto. This is their spring training 2.0 right now, and they're having. Uh, they're having yeah these games you know within their teams and no fans in the stands obviously right. and I could you could just hear the thwack of the bat maybe it's Bo Bichette's bat just like Dad Dante used to do it uh, but that thing was loud it was loud on that clip yeah I watched it I watched that clip only because you shared it I was like holy that was a sweet crack of the bat <laughs> sure it was almost a, almost a thwack some would say as Dave DeFore <laughs> said and. Uh, 
actually, I didn't. I, I had seen this going around Blue Jays Twitter, but they call the big the big sound the big thwack of the bat. They call they have a hashtag, placata. I guess because it makes that sound like P L A K A T A. If you see that hashtag huh. around, it's because the Jays are thwacking. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was <laughs> Bo Bichette yesterday. First pitch of the inner squad game. It's just so weird though. They're in Toronto. I don't even know if it's clear whether or not they're going to stay in Toronto because that hasn't been cleared. Like our team's going to fly there because of the the U.S. Canada thing. There's that's just uh, baseball is weird. Baseball is weird. Baseball is very weird. My answer is uh, very similar to all what you guys are saying. It's just all these other sports. I used to be a diehard baseball fan, like Tass was talking about. Same with football, the NFL. You know, big Bills fan, um, and even hockey when I was much much younger. So it's like you know, I just. I still like the sports. I'll still watch them occasionally, but I'm not, you know, obsessed with them by any means. Um, and that's fine. You know, our, our love is basketball. It's our true love. <laughs> JD, do you have a different answer? Because we're all answering sports here. Do you got anything else? Yeah, I guess um, the most obvious answer is music for me. I was in a bands mm. and stuff from the age of 14 to, to the age of 30. And then I walked away at age 30. <laughs> and I never looked back. Did you just uh, set down your drumsticks like you were uh, like Undertaker taking off his gloves and his hat in the ring? Or I don't just... understand that reference, but probably yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you say you just walked away. That's how I picture it. Like you, the, you played the perfect set, mm-hmm. and then like your drums exploded, and you just That's sat right. down your drumsticks. And... All these basketball movies that we've been doing for film review, Jaddy. I think there's one here with you with a music review. You know, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, one of your kids or someone you know picks up that drum, the drumsticks, and starts playing away, and all of a sudden it just pulls you back in there. You want yeah. to teach and pass on the uh, wisdom of your experience. <laughs> that could happen. I mean, well, yeah, the thing is that I started when I started playing the drums. It wasn't I wasn't a drummer. I I was I kind of dicked around on the guitar and the bass and the drums. But every band that I was in needed a drummer, so Classic. and I was yep. best at that. So. I was just behind the drums the whole time. Where you don't have enough control. I don't know if you guys have been uh, keeping up on your guitar and piano practicing, but it sounds like you could use a drummer as well. (laughs) We could. I could also learn how to play the guitar first. Uh, Maybe Tass is. I feel like Tass is ahead of me in his uh, keyboard skills. Yeah, I got a, I got a, a quick little Mary had a little lamb for you if you're in the mood, no doubt. Hey, I'd like to see you battle. Uh, this could be like a little dueling pianos. We could make it a podcast. My buddy Grish uh, has a keyboard too now, Tess. And, uh, he's putting in the work. He's got nothing else to do. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just saying maybe he's ahead of you already. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's do um, it. Let's do it. Split screen zoom. My buddy Grish. Dropping some ish. I got nothing. Uh, all right. Moving on. Any other answers to that no, one? No, no. I was just going to say, I'm just like saddened now because from JD's story, I'm picturing like the way you made it sound is like you actually wanted to be the lead guitarist. You wanted mm. to be, you know, the lead singer. And like, you're almost just like, oh, you're forced to play the drums. And you're just yeah. sitting there for 16 years banging away. And you're That's like, man, right. that could have yeah. been me. That should have been me. Yeah. Well, you know. I can't sing, so that's a problem. <laughs> so that was part of the problem, you know. Okay, fair, fair. So. Yeah, and you got Jackson. Isn't Jackson <laughs> riding your uh, riding your wings? Isn't he? Uh, he's no, nah, he's, he's well per- surpassed me. He's like <laughs> so much better than I am. So much better. He's like he's up there doing the pretty shuffle. He's he's playing Tom Sawyer for crying out loud. He's Tom he's Sawyer. good. He's legit good. And I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. <laughs> 
Awesome. All right, next email here. Last week, as Tass dropped yet another great pun, yeah, I did, about his Royale Poison Ivy situation going on. Yeah, Royale Ivy, a journeyman point guard in the league. Uh, great, great name. I thought of my interactions with him years ago. This guy had a, an interaction with Royale Ivy. I was fortunate enough to sit courtside at Jazz Games occasionally, and it became my game within a game to try and get something from a player on the opposing team because of where my seats were. Royale was a super nice guy, talked to me throughout the game, and I ended up getting his shoes after the final buzzer. I was on a date, so I felt an obligation to give her one of the shoes as a keepsake. I regret this decision 12 years later and wonder what she ever did with it and wish I had the other shoe to display. What? Are you going to display Royale Ivy's shoes? Where? Just that have her shoe is in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. 12 years. She's probably not displaying that one shoe thinking, I wish I had that guy's shoe. Uh, I mean, you can call her. I'm sure you could find her number. No? Uh, do any of you guys have regrets or a keepsake that you wish you still had? Thanks for all the amazing content and lasses from a longtime fan, Wes Mangum in Utah. I mean,. I'm not. A, I don't really care to display shoes, but we had them on our set on the starters. We had a an Andrew Wiggins shoe up there. We had some other shoes up there. It's wait, who is the big? Do we have a Matt Bonner shoe? Am I right? No, yeah, we did know. have a Matt Bonner. Did shoe, we? I think. Oh, we yeah, did. Signed, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another one too. It wasn't Brad Miller? Was we had a couple. It? Of, we had a couple of pairs oh. of Brad Miller shoes right. on. So I mean, if you guys are missing those, we could. I think I, I think I got four of them. If we each want to go one shoe to display, <laughs> that'd be nice. Um, so as far as the question, any regrets or a keepsake you wish you still had? Just thinking about baseball, I still wish I had a couple bats that I had when I was a kid. I, just, I wish I just had my slammer. Uh, I had a nice little toothpick wood one just to have around. It's nice, it's nice to grip and rip uh, occasionally just to have it if you ever, you know, there's a burglar around if you ever need to take care of business. Uh, it's just it's just good to have a bat. They, they, they come in handy. Metal, wood, doesn't matter. It's nice to just fire out. Like, I, I, you know, it's nice to – I just like swinging, the, the feeling of swinging a bat, and I, I don't really like the, uh, the wiffle ball situation. Not as fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you like some nice, you like some weight. Yeah, give me a thirty ouncer. God, or, or I would love to throw around a baseball right now. <laughs> Seriously, just you talking about that I was like, yeah, I would love to chuck around a baseball. That's fun too. I don't oh, even have yeah. a glove anymore. Yeah. Ah, brutal, brutal. Um, I, I'll go next. Yeah, keepsake. I wish I still had. I don't know if I really wish I still had it because I don't like to hold on to things all that much. Um, I just. I just don't like things that just sit in boxes or just have no point, really. I mean, I know they have sentimental point or something, but um, it'd probably be a boomerang from Australia. Lee, I did buy a boomerang at one point in Australia. I think you're... Yeah, uh, everyone fact, does. You have to, yeah. And I definitely did when I lived there. And I had it for a while. And I, have you know, years ago now, I must have been like, why do I have this? Bye, and I just threw it. See, I just threw it, but I threw it incorrectly, so it never came back. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I wish I still had it. I don't, I don't know what I would really do with it. I got this big shelf now beside me here. You can't, you, know, you guys can sort of see it. I have almost nothing on it, so uh, maybe it would have gone there because we've, uh, you know, recently moved into our house, and this room is uh, the last one to get taken care of. But a boomerang. I wish I kept it. League. Do you know anyone that can hook me up with an authentic boomerang? It was authentic. 
Well, yeah, you can actually get one here in Atlanta at the Australian Bakery Cafe. I know Are he's got a serious? couple of there. Nev, yeah, yeah. He had a, even had a couple of didgeridoos there too one time. So, um, yeah. yeah you can I get never wanted that because the people that bought those, <laughs> traveling around with one of those, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny though you talk about uh, like the boomerang because um, when I went to Australia one time with, uh, I, had, I only went back for like 10 days. It was dad's uh, 60th birthday, I think it was. So I went up to Ayers Rock to climb Ayers Rock and I bought this, um, you know, the classic Australian like a Kubra hat. Okay. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to wear that around. And uh, it's incredibly comfortable. It's really comfortable. And it's really good at keeping you like from not getting too hot while having a nice, uh, cool hat on. And so I, I took that back to Europe and I, I took it around the Middle East. And I went around the Middle East that, uh, that year. And it was stinking hot, like 48 degrees Celsius in uh, Egypt. And this hat was incredible. Now, I started sweating in it a lot, yeah. right? Um, so eventually, I think at the end of the trip, I just chucked it out. And I'm like, I wish I'd oh. kept that, actually. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can easily buy a new one. But that was the one that had been through some battles with me. You know, it had been some places. And I'm yeah. like, I wish I just didn't throw that out. That was really nice and comfortable. Now, thinking about it again, we're in the middle of the stinking hot here in Atlanta. I might go to the Australian Bakery Cafe and see if he's got one of those, too. And buy one. Because I need this one. This guy's got everything Australian in this <laughs> yeah, cafe. Not everything, but he's can got I a buy a kangaroo those. from this guy? <laughs> you can buy a kangaroo meat, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got a few other those, those little, uh, you know, things like that that people might want, souvenirs. So, yeah, go and check it out. Say hi to Nev. Pick up some pies and lamingtons while you're there. Mm, that sounds delicious. What do you got here for this one, Trey? I, I struggled with this because for me, this is like an in-the-moment thing where I, I will remember like a ridiculous item of clothing that was no longer useful in my house and eventually went to the thrift store. But in that moment, I'm like, man, I really wish I'd saved that terry cloth t-shirt. You know, like, <laughs> like, why do I need a shirt that's made out of a towel? Only for one day could I want it. But that one day, I'm like, oh. Why in the world would I get that out yeah. of my house? I need it now. <laughs> Give me my terry cloth. JD, what about you? Yeah, no regrets and no nothing. I don't keep anything, and I don't regret not keeping anything. Really, That's you're it. you're similar to me in that in that sense. You don't hold on to things all that much. Yeah, I, I it's really same same with Trey. I really struggled with this. I couldn't think of a single thing that I wish <laughs> I still had. Wow, like nothing. There's nothing. Not even those drumsticks, JD. The first Not pair even of the drumsticks, drumsticks that you, oh, especially the drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me. Is your wife the opposite of you, JD? Like, does she like to, you know, keep things that have, you know, sentimental attachment to um, them, or not really? She likes to hoard things, but I don't know that it's sentimental. I think she just, <laughs> just likes to, to throw have things, things out. Yeah, exactly. All yeah, right. no, not really. I mean, she she suspected she was looking at her her engagement ring. And she suspected that it, they may there may be a blood diamond in it, so she took it off. Ooh. Like this was, this was years ago, and uh, and and which was fine. I mean, she mm-hmm. bought it. I didn't buy it. It was she bought it for herself. That's how <laughs> sentimental I am. And uh, so I had a wedding band. and I'm like, well, you're not gonna wear wear yours. I'm not gonna wear mine. So I took mine off, and I haven't seen it since. I have no idea where that <laughs> wedding ring is. I think a guy donated to Goodwill or something. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Well, when I go back for my Terry Cloth t-shirt, I'll look through <laughs> I'll look the jewelry there. section as well. <laughs> you should. All right. Next one here. What's up, No Dunks crew? Recently, I've noticed two references to Keith Van Horn on the podcast. Once on the pod with NBA Jam author Rayan Ali and the other with Shea Serrano, who on the Who Wants Some Trivia podcast. When I was six or seven. I loved Keith Van Horn because he played for my hometown team, the 76ers. 
but also childishly because we share the same first name. So my question is, have you ever liked a player for a really trivial or stupid reason? If so, who? Yurt up. Love you guys. Possum. That's from Keith R. Um, fun question. Yeah, we have talked oddly a lot about Keith Van Horn over the last couple of weeks on the podcast. What do you got, Trey? We're going to keep talking about Keith Van Horn because he is my answer, along with his Nets teammate, Kerry Kittles, because they had tall socks. You yeah. know, they had that great series against the Bulls in 1998. Uh, so they seem like a team on the rise. Their socks certainly were on the rise. Jordan retired after that. So the Nets became my second favorite team just because they had two guys who had pulled their socks up to their knees. So for me, like, 7th and 8th grade, I'm running out there with, you know, our 1970s uniforms handed down from the high school. I got the bike shorts sticking out, and my socks pulled all the way up to my legs. I'm only showing kneecaps. <laughs> I think you weren't alone in that, that, that uh, you know, fashion fad or whatever you want to call it. Oh, people yeah. were, I mean, Kerry Kittles was even more of a legend because when he was playing at Villanova, he would go one sock up and one sock down. It <laughs> seemed unbelievable that somebody could actually do that. Yeah. I don't know if it was actually allowed for him uh, in the NBA, so he eventually switched uh, to the two socks up look, but uh, a money look, no doubt. Keith Van Horn. What do you got, Lee? Well, I don't even really remember how it started, but uh, the Kyle Korver kisses really turned me into just a, a super fan of Kyle Korver. Like, before he joined the Hawks, I, you know, I didn't dislike him or anything, but I didn't love him. But then it became to the point where I was like, Keith uh, Keith Van Hoy, Kyle Korver has to be an all-star in 2015 or whatever it was, 2016 maybe. And he was, and he turned into an all-star, and it's like, oh my God, he's made it. And now, and then I did that shootout with him as well for the show, and yeah. I just sort of all of a sudden went from like, yeah, he's he's a you know he's a Ashton Kutcher looking guy who can shoot threes into like Kyle Korver is my favorite player of all time. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you you created the Korver kisses though, did you? Yeah, not? but uh, how? I don't. I mean, do we just like I, it must have been down at the fortress one night and, and it was just yeah. that I guess after he, he started, started after he started knocking in some threes. Uh, yeah, great. But I, I just love Kyle now and I love seeing him out on the Bucks and every any time he comes out on the court, I'm like I hope he hits a few threes because he's great. Okay. Tash, you got an answer? I will always love Jason Maxeel because he had the perfect round head. His head, his head, unlike any other NBA player I've ever seen. He was, per- he was rolled as a child. He never spent more than five minutes on his back or on his belly. He was rolled at all times. So his head is perfectly round. Try- find me a more round head than Jason Maxeel. But you uh, strong? He's got a Aaron, round Eric head. Snow? No. Eric no? Snow. No, well, that's I thought more. he had a round head. I guess you're. <laughs> I thought it was a more narrow. Um, Jason Maxiel, I like that he has just a place in no dunk slash starter slash basketball Jones lore too, with the infamous bet that we made way back in the day <laughs> that he would be an all star before Danny Granger, <laughs> which is still one of the weirdest bets of all time. Um, yeah, that's Danny uh, Granger. I, I liked made him. one, I think, though, didn't he? Danny Granger, did he only make one? Maybe I think two? so. Maybe yeah. Two. Maybe two. Yeah. I mean, I, I had high hopes for Jason Maxiel. I fell in love early. I liked how he played. I loved his energy. And he was good. Yeah. And then he completely disappeared. And then Danny Granger was decent. I don't know why. Why did I pick Danny Granger is the weird part as like, I mean, maybe Tass, maybe even you picked him and we were debating who was going to be better. I can't really remember that part of the story, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Could have been a, could have been a question too. Um, Eric Snow looking, uh, <laughs> looking it up. Now, I get what you're saying with the roundness. Yeah. Um, the top of his head is really round. Uh, but I'm talking full head, <laughs> oh, full cranium. More like, yeah. 
cheeks. It's a, it's a sphere. Like right. a perfect, perfect head. Uh, Marshawn Brooks had a little round head, didn't he? I think. Mm. He, had, he had... He yeah. had... Didn't Marshawn Brooks have... He had a normal size head, I thought, and then had, like, someone took Photoshop and, like, shrunk his face down <laughs> into the head, uh, I thought. Uh, small features. Yeah, mm. small features. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's <laughs> keep going. Here we the go. Next crazy. one. You know it's the dog days, baby, because this one... Is about a reporter, and everybody <laughs> and everybody out there is getting their content from NBA reporters these days, hanging out in their hotel rooms, and you know, you know, the the contact with players has been reduced. So we're talking reporters, yeah. and this guy loves it. Hey, oh no, dunks! There y'all are, and here I am in Omaha, Nebraska. Last Monday, when Tess spoke the name of my beloved hometown, I instantly turned the volume up and pulled into a nearby runs-up parking lot to properly indulge in the discussion. Hearing about local celebrity ESPN's Brian Winhurst in the conversation was absolutely delightful. Being an avid listener of the Hoop Collective, it's cool to know that the host of the podcast lives in my city. I'll admit, when I first found out that Wendy lives in Omaha, I had quite the fanboy moment. Granted... If I were to run into him, I'd play it off cool. Just say hi and tell him that I respect his work. Best case scenario, we hit it off and find out that we have something else in common other than liking the NBA, such as paddleboarding or coin collecting. With that said, who is a celebrity you think you could realistically meet and what do you think you'd have in common with them besides what they're most known for? You guys rock. That's from Jack. Oh, Tess, you took out his example at the end there, which I I was laughing because he's like, he's like, yeah, if you play the guitar and you met Eric Clapton, of course you would be able to talk about playing the guitar together, but that shouldn't yeah. count because Eric Clapton. Yeah, I thought that I thought that killed me. For some <laughs> sure. oh, thanks, Layla. All right, Lee, uh, what yeah. you got? Easy one here, Obama. I think there's a chance because he's a big basketball fan that at some point. NBA All-Star, NBA Finals, he's there, I'm there. We just happen to cross paths and we don't talk politics. We just get a ball out and we start hooping and Mm. we just start shooting hoops. I think that's, you know, not beyond the complete realm of any sort of fantasy that it could never happen. I mean, I'm not sure he's just going to come out, you know, and just be like throwing the ball at me and saying, let's see your shot. But just, you know, sometimes these things just kind of, you know, you're in the right place at the right time and it's like, Holy hell, I'm just shooting around with Barack Obama right now. He's I'm just getting some shots off with him. I think nope. it could happen. No politics, nothing but love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what percentage of chance of that happening would you put, Atlee? Well, um, while well, he's alive and I'm alive, I'd say yeah, that's 1% well, yes. each. I'd say it's about... Uh, about three percent, you know. Okay. But listen, he was in Chicago at the All Star Week. I know he's, I know he's an Illinois guy, but you know, now that he's so far from yeah. the sort of uh, presidential, uh, you know, his time as president, I think, I think at some point he's going to just turn up at the finals, you know. And it's like, oh, yeah. He went yeah. to the finals in Toronto, I think, uh, as a guest oh, from did. Sayu Jiri, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's right. right. Well, he and did. I don't necessarily think he's showing up three hours early and just <laughs> milling around the court. <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean that. But what about late in the game? Like maybe he's uh, maybe he's had a few pops in the um, in the suite, and he's like after the game, you know, everyone's sort of making their way out, and I'm just out on the court. He's on the court. The security the security's Wait, not coming you're up. On the court late in the game. 
<laughs> no, 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 after, no. The, after game. the game, after the game, you know, they've, they've cleared it all out, like all the media's done, and, and, you know, I'm packing up, I'm grabbing my bag, he's about to head out, and then someone, there's a ball there, and he gets some shots up, security's not coming saying, excuse me, sir, you've got to go, they're like, shoot away, man, go for it, and then all of a sudden, I'm rebounding and firing the ball back to him. Nice shot, B. Nice shot. You know? Nice shot, B. Well, you're already calling him B. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, it might be even more likely that this uh, scenario would happen at like some sort of like charity event, some mm. initiative that he's backing, you know, that there is a court, there's kids, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, then maybe you get an invite somehow, you're, re- you're covering it for some reason. Maybe, maybe I that. send him an invite to join me on Pop and Packs. There you what go. about that? I, mean, I think he'd be great at it. I think he'd like, I think he'd be awesome at it. All right, I'm going to send a message. Just uh, I'll, I'll, see, I'll tell you how it goes. All right. Well, you're doing that, Trey. Do you have an answer for this one? I think it's possible I could meet Bravo's Andy Cohen because he's a St. Louis guy, so he's probably around there sometimes. I've got St. Louis connections uh, on my side of the family and on Laura's side of the family, and if that ever happens, no doubt we're talking Ted Drew's Frozen Custard, the the most famous custard shop in all of America. And we're also talking The Grateful Dead. The guy's a huge deadhead. You know, he's backstage at Dead & Company shows. He's buddies with John Mayer. And, you know, I just like to talk to him about Europe 72 or Cornell 77. Who knows? Okay. I could see it happening. Sure. I'll go with Bieber. I think I'll one day run into Bieber again. I saw him when he was a young kid. I had no idea who the hell he was, of course, at that point. But, uh... You know, why not? Some sort of Stratford festival. Beeb's going to be back in town, see his grandparents. And then we're just talking Stratford. Oh, yeah, high school. Oh, yeah, all this, you know. Oh, I can't believe this changed. Can you believe they got a KFC now? Um, stuff like that. I think it could happen. And then it might just even be, yeah, it might be, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've thrown the challenge out there before. I'd like to play them one-on-one. Um, <laughs> see who Stratford's finest is. You going uh, between the legs? Oh, yeah, I would definitely drop the Bieber on Bieber. That would be the first thing I would do. I, in fact, I don't think I'd ever shoot it. I would just, just keep, keep dribbling. Going. Yeah, just keep going till whatever uh, shot clock expired and just hand the ball back to him. Um, and I would only shoot with my left hand, right? Doesn't he shoot with his left hand on the, so. in that yeah. one famous clip? I'd have to wear an L.A. Uh, Kings hat, too. Give a stare to the camera. Yeah, Biebs. I'll run into Biebs at some point. Tass, you got an answer? Well, there's a, a spot I go to uh, for kids down here in Atlanta, the Atlanta Children's Museum, and quite often they bring out, uh, you know, huge characters you know, in, in their six-foot costumes, like uh, Daniel Tiger or, uh, you know, Disney characters. Uh, I, I, I have dreams of them bringing out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and meeting my idol, Michelangelo. <laughs> I'm a huge Michelangelo guy. Uh, you know, You're he's such a, a party dude. He's a huge party dude. Um, you know, his, his primary focus, partying. Secondary focus, nunchucking. But his third focus of pizza, uh, we, we, could, we could bro down on, on talking pizza. Me and Michelangelo. <laughs> to to uh, bring back in the reporter talk, you see Chris Mannix writing about, he doesn't like cheese on anything except pizza. He was mm. writing this in his bubble report for SI. Mm. It's Crazy interesting. take. Doesn't like cheese on anything. Finds it disgusting. Except pizza. That's the weirdest part to me. It's like, okay, if you're anti, anti-cheese, anti okay, I get it. Maybe you're even lactose tolerant, whatever. But he's, he's obviously not because he loves it on pizza like a normal person. But nachos, no. Bread, no. You know, that's, that's wild to me. <laughs> it really makes you wonder, would he eat a cheesy garlic bread? It's pretty similar. I guess not. I guess not. It's fascinating times. We are reading about all of these reporters' food tendencies. I think uh, 
Lee, you could take a tip from the Athletics Joe Varden. He's trying to become vegan right now. Ooh, uh, wow, that's and, tough. That is tough, and I know <laughs> you're, you're you're struggling to be in the vegetarian category. Maybe yeah. he can, maybe he can bring you along. You know, uh, maybe. yeah. He's yeah, doing it in the bubble. I know, right. and I, I've seen what people are tweeting out there, those ham and cheese croissants and things like that. I mean, if that's all you're getting, it's hard to just sort of pick the cheese and the ham out of that and just eat the croissant too. So it, it's a tough time. If he can pull it off, I commend him for it. If he can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we got way more than 10 people, 10 reporters in this bubble, right? I don't know if you've been keeping track. It's got to be way over 10. It's closer to 20, if you ask me. Maybe 25, it feels like. Mm, I guess, um, yeah. And it's, man, is it Groundhog Day right now following all these guys and women? Like, it's like, I get it. They're stuck in a hotel room for seven days. They don't have much else to report on. They got to get that content going, you know. You got you to gotta crank that out, especially with the amount of money it takes to send these people there. But it's like, I felt like I've read or seen the same thing like 10 times now of like, this is my kit and this is what I do. And this is my hotel room. They're the exact same hotel room. But again, I'm not knocking them. It's like hilarious that they've... They're just, uh, we've got this little lineup here of uh, great reporters down there for all these different factions, but it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. I can't wait till they're free to leave their hotel room at the least. <laughs> mm, I just, I'm just looking here for Barack Obama because he follows like 600,000 people on Twitter. Bad news. I can't slide into his DMs there, but uh, I, have found, I have found like a contact Barack Obama. And if you've got, a, you know, if you've got something you want to say to him, just fill out this form. So I'm going to send okay. him a note, okay. see if he wants to come hey. and pop some packs with me. Take hey, Lee, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll DM him for you because he follows me. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> see, it's already starting to come together. Wow. I like this. I awesome, that. JD. Though I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. He still <laughs> follows you. Uh, I haven't checked in a while, but I think so. Wow, that's oh, man. If he does, JD, just just slide in there and just say, uh, my friend wants to ask my you something. My friend wants Can to open me? basketball cards with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he, is he uh, what is he, 10, 11? That sounds like it could be fun, cute. Oh, no, no, he's a uh, 43-year-old man. 44. <laughs> oh, 44. Oh, 44, a good number for... Uh... Yeah, there you go. Perfect um, synergy. What the hell's a Runza, by the way? He no said he idea. pulled into a Runza parking lot. Never heard of a Runza. Is that a like a like a Home Depot type thing in Nebraska? Is it a? It's like a restaurant. It? it looks like. Looks Never like a heard sandwich of it. shop of wow. some sort. Runza. All right. Why cool. Nebraska is obsessed with the Runza sandwich? Is that hmm. anywhere else in the country? I've never. Am I alone in saying this? I mean, I guess not. Oh, you guys I've are all looking it, it up no. too. Yeah. Okay. No. No Runza. idea. Oh, we got to try a Runza. Now I need Brian Windhorst to talk about a Runza. Is it good? Is it a good sub? Sandwich? Whatever. Chris Max, you going to eat this? I don't know. This looks like it's a little cheesy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. One more, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Hey, No Dunks crew. Lately, my two-year-old son has been running around the house saying, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> my wife and I try not to swear in front of him because he's a little parrot. But a few F-bombs have slipped here and there. However, we don't normally say the word bitch, so we would be confused by this. On Wednesday, I turned on the Beach Step in podcast, and the second my son heard the music, he started saying bitch, bitch, bitch. Then it clicked. He's trying to say beach because he <laughs> listens to every podcast. As soon as the regular intro music hits, he says, podcast. And Ayo, he drops Ayo's in response to the bearded one. Anyway, 
What do you guys think about Jordan getting a bunch of bunk beds and having the delete eight second bubble at his vacant house in Chicago? There are a ton of rooms and a full-size court. I can't imagine the players would be thrilled by sharing rooms like they're at summer camp, like they're sharing a big yurt, but maybe staying in MJ's house adds a certain element to it. What you got? That's from Eric. Fun little story off the top. Yes, it's beach. He's just trying to say beach, but I love that he loves the music. He loves the podcast. Um, But what do you think about this idea, Trey? This Jordan idea, second bubble. Brilliant, man. He's trying to sell his house. You could lease it for a few months and, you know, to cover to cover the mortgage in the meantime. Mm. Michael Jordan has a team that could actually be playing in the bubble. So, uh, or, or I don't know if this would be a bubble in, in the mansion, whatever you want to call it. So, <laughs> yeah, send the Hornets there, send the Bulls there. But I don't know if you're going to have enough space for eight teams in one house. But there are a lot of celebrities that have basketball connections that also have uh, basketball courts in their house, right? You could do... Uh, the Warriors maybe could play at Drake's. Yep. Shaq has a court. Will Smith has a court. We can open it up, send two teams to each famous person's house, and have them play a few times. Yeah, and then just make it a reality show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like them living in the mansion, like Big Brother the style there. Uh, yeah, I like that idea a lot. I wouldn't want to... Uh, I mean, I guess, who's the worst team in the league? It would be Warriors. If they all went to MJ, so the Warriors would have to sleep in the cigar room. That's the punishment, <laughs> right? Because... Yeah. It's like Big Brother. It's like first one in the house. If you have the best record, you get to go in the house first, and you get to pick your room, I think. Your team gets to pick your area of MJ's mansion. <laughs> so I don't know. I wouldn't want to sleep in a cigar room. Imagine that, Lee. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, no. No, yeah. You know, no matter how much scrubbing and cleaning, it probably still is a bit musty in there, I, I would say. But, uh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? He still hasn't been able to sell that house. I thought, like, it's down to $14.5 million or whatever. That's a steal. That's a steal. I think so. I... Shocked that he can't sell. There must be something else wrong with it. Oh, bad bones. Maybe. Maybe plumbing. <laughs> maybe the electricals. You know, maybe someone's checked it out and they're like, uh, this toilet, this the, the 15th toilet doesn't flush all that well. So, oh, yeah, no. it's, 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 it's a, a knobbly handle. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? All right, guys. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. That was a fun one. Keep them coming for next week. For next week's, excuse me, Beach Step In Podcast. My mouth is dry right now. My mouth is dry. Um, if you haven't already, please leave your boys a sweet five-star rating and review on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. We'll be back with a couple more podcasts for the rest of the week. Clipper Bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Mike Tyson's favorite burger chain is Fig Fac. Brace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>